Welcome to the This Is The Place podcast, a Silicon Slopes production. Colon, people working together. Hey, Chris. Hello, Meg. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Pretty good. I actually just want to say right out of the gate, I love your intro voice. So Thank much you. different from your normal voice. Yes. So official. Thank you. If people could see your face, they'd be so amazed at what it looks like. I practice I practice every morning in the mirror. <laughs> I know. that's what, For com- at least 15 minutes. It comes off in the studio. I'm not going to lie. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I have something I'd like to say. Okay. I still have not received a Traeger grill. I repeat, I have not received my Traeger grill. I don't know if this is a clerical error. Um, maybe it's lost in shipping. Someone from Traeger wants to contact me. Here's what I'm I'll, fine with that. So funny you bring that up. Yeah. Jeremy Andrus. The CEO of Traeger Grills. Did he give you a grill today? No. Listen, he was in our office this morning for a Silicon Slopes sponsored event where everybody had breakfast and talked about who knows what. Sure. But long story short, he's there at the end. I went up and said hi and also expressed how good the steak I ate out of Clint's Traeger Grill was. Sure. Just kind of like getting the old yeah. needle, like no, yeah. really great steak. Wish yeah. that we all had grills. Sure, sure wish, we wish all I could had be access. Grills. Uh-huh. But it didn't work. It actually oh, failed man. miserably. So I don't think that you were or I are getting grills anytime soon. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop asking <laughs> I'm for a one every fellow, week. And every time I see him, I'm going to bring it up. Okay, me too. I've seen him like once in the last year, but I actually today was the first time I've ever met him. Let me be very clear on that. But he should be prepared <laughs> for every time he he's will gonna, see us in the future. I know he's going to hate me so bad, like most people in the tech community, unfortunately. Yeah, me too. I not that I hate you, that people in the tech no, community. No, I know you. Hate do. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, what have you been working on? So, exciting times in the Utah tech and startup scene, as always. Yeah? Tell me about it. First off, Jive Communications. How familiar are you with Jive Communications? Say about 0% familiar. (laughs) Do you know what their famous color is? Green. Okay, so you do know something about them. I read Silicon Slopes. How many employees do they have, roughly? Mm, 14. (laughs) Good guess. They have almost 700 employees. What? That's worldwide, but I think in Utah they have about 350 so, Jive Communications starts in Orem, Utah, right? Sure. Um, they grow really fast. Sure. And so, they have a building in Orem. Next thing they know, they have another building in Orem. Next thing they know, they're spread across three buildings in Orem. Okay. Um, and so, obviously, they want to be kind of brought together in one place. So, they have a weekend retreat this last weekend up in Snowbird, which I got invited to. Unfortunately, couldn't make it. But at the get-together... CEO John Pope gets in front of everybody and says, hey, big news. We have broken ground and are building a brand new headquarters in Pleasant Grove, Utah. What? The new tech mecca in America, Pleasant Grove. Shut the front door. <laughs> Who would have guessed that Pleasant Grove would be welcoming with open arms enormous tech companies? Did mm. you ever expect that? I did not. I did not expect that in the least. The only thing I ever expected of Pleasant Grove is that they'd build a bunch of purple turtles because that's the only thing I know about it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much my knowledge of Pleasant Grove as well, is the Purple Turtle. So this building is really big. It's four stories, um, 52,000 square feet, if I'm quoting this right from memory. They hope to have room for about 500 employees, which obviously gives them room to grow from the 350 they currently have in Utah. Yeah. And they also, they had some sort of deal with uh, GoEd in Utah, where they were going to add like 200 jobs to our economy. So I think this is just kind of part of that push. Very um, cool. So Jive Communication, new building. Way Write to go, it down. Way tell to your go friends, jive. tell your family. Way Congratulations. <laughs> they can't give you a grill, so you don't need to compliment yeah. them like that. But still, I just want them to know that I appreciate their efforts in building the Utah economy. What else are you working on? 
Um, another great company that I met, not as big, but very interesting, and especially to me personally, Sumato Coffee. Mm. Have you heard of them? I, uh, just right now when you told me. How much coffee do you drink on a regular basis, Meg? Zero cups. How much do you know about coffee? Zero percent. <laughs> How much do you know about life in general? Oh, not much. Okay. So we're all on the same page. Um, ben Martinez, that's uh-huh. the name of the founder of Sumato Coffee. He's worked at Hireview for many years. Okay. And he kind of ran into a problem over and over. And it's that there's no really good coffee that is made and delivered to offices, right? Sure. Which is something you're not familiar with, but yes, it is a thing. Okay. So he creates this company called Sumato Coffee, which they roast their own beans. They have a tech platform where people can order or subscribe to their coffee. It's brought to their office. Um, and it's just kind of a really simple easy to use way to get really good coffee for your business. So they launched on June 1st. He actually came down to my office last week and brought coffee. So I have had it and I will vouch that it is very tasty. Um, So any tech companies who are looking around for coffee, I would advise give Sumato Coffee a try. It's very, very, very good. And if you have a lot of people that you're trying to get um, coffee into. Caffeinated. Get caffeinated. You need to caffeinate your workforce. You can buy Monster Energy for half, coffee for the other half, and 100% of people will be happy. True or false? Uh, I, I'm a Diet Coke drinker, so I think that you need to throw Diet Coke into that arrangement. For the record, our office has a disgusting amount of Diet Coke and Coke, even though there's only one person who drinks soda in our entire business, and it's you. Yeah. And there's really not as much as you think there is. I think that I've consumed all the available Diet Coke. <laughs> I knew we had like 48 sodas probably a week ago. And what I know about your soda consumption tells me that we're down to maybe four seven. or five cans. There are seven cans seven left. Cans. Okay. Can I tell you what I've been working on? I can't describe how excited I am to hear what you've been working well, on. Well, you shouldn't because it's my turn to talk anyway. So last week we talked about VidAngel and how they've really shaken things up. So I went down to Provo, spoke with Neil. Intrepid reporter. I know, right? I'm like a real journalist you're a more intrepid reporter than i am now yeah that's that true. was my that's always been that was case, my calling though. no that was my calling card at the start uh, okay fine now i've been easily surpassed by you easily okay sorry no doubt on. anyway so i sat and i talked with neil and you know people have some concerns about this new thing namely when are you going to get sued again okay he seems pretty sure though that it's not going to happen um and my impression in talking with neil is that netflix HBO and Amazon are more on board with this model than the film studios were with the previous model. So we will see. That's interesting to me. Isn't it? I was surprised. So he's pretty confident that not, they won't run into the same legal troubles that they had in the past. I mean, I hate to speak for him, but that was my impression. <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. You are his spokesman. Well, that's the impression that I got after our conversation. You work for EY and for VidAngel. VidAngel, yeah. And Silicon Slope's a tiny bit on the side, but a just for bit. free Diet Coke. Tiny, tiny. I come, I come for the Diet Coke and for the company. You're like, <laughs> that's very nice of you to say. Uh-huh, You're yes. like people who have a job that they hate, but it gives benefits to their whole family, so they work it four hours a week. That's you, but for Diet Coke. Shame I wish, on you. I wish that was an option. Turns out you can't get benefits on four hours a week. I've oh, checked. is that not true? Yeah. My my concept of the world is apparently wrong. Well, who knew? My, everything's wrong about my concept of the world. It's fine. All right. Now it's time for a segment called How to Talk to Non-Tech People About Tech. Exciting times. You may not know this about me, 
But I'm not much of a tech person. I did not know that. I'm really? No. You couldn't tell in my writing you... that I have no idea what an API is? <laughs> you faked your way through it quite well. We, I think we both have. I mean, we've been doing it for years now, so like, kind of we know what we're doing. I think we know the vast majority of acronyms, which I, is impressive. That's the, all you need to know to pretend like you're a tech person. Sometimes I'll be on a call with someone, and I think they can hear me go silent, and that silence is me Googling... <laughs> A word they just said. I love that you bring that up. I don't want to say who this was because it'll make me look dumb, but I was interviewing somebody over the phone. They said a certain acronym and asked me if I knew what it was, and I didn't want to look dumb. Right. So I said yes, and I was typing so loud and like kind of laughing to myself because I knew for a fact they could hear me typing and searching for it online. Yeah. Which after 10 seconds of silence, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's that. Okay, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. Oh, you definitely know what it is. I have done that so many times. (laughs) And I know that they know I'm lying, but neither of us wants to like acknowledge it. Here's why you don't want to say that you don't know, because then they get sidetracked explaining the acronym for like two minutes. Oh, yeah. I don't want that. Right. Exactly. I just want the conversation to keep going. So I pretend like I know it, search it for 10 seconds, conversation stays on track. I And I actually do think I've gotten better. I'm sure you have as well. Like you spend enough. No, nope. Okay. <laughs> but you spend enough time talking about things and you start to kind of understand the language. But there are still things. If you were talking to a person completely unfamiliar with the tech world, Mm -hmm. as I was when I started this job, I don't know, what was it, like 90 years ago? You just shouldn't say. And one of those things is enterprise. And I know that this is a common term. I like that this is the word you've chosen. This is a common term when you're talking to CEOs and founders and they say we have an enterprise solution. (laughs) Until I started writing for Beehive Startups, now Silicon Slopes. I thought enterprise was a Star Trek term. And I've never even seen Star Trek. That's just how unfamiliar I was with enterprise as a tech term. So when you're on the phone with somebody and they say, I have this enterprise solution, what was your thought at the time? That's what I want to know. Like, is it Spock? Is, is that his name? Okay, so your mind's whirling and you're like, yeah. so Captain Kirk, and is, how is he involved with this? What, yeah, exactly. What's going on? And I probably saw like the Death Star. I know that's Star Wars, but like that was the mental image that I had. People are going to be very angry. Wow, we're going to get emails. I know. We're going to get hate mail. For the record, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I don't watch Star Trek at all, so I'm actually kind of personally offended that you said that. Well, I apologize. It's okay. I accept it. Do you agree, though? Do you think enterprise is a word that other people know? I think, uh, I don't think anybody knows any buzzword in tech. If you come from the outside world and get thrown into the mix, there are so many words that happen that your your mind just doesn't piece together what they mean. Like in in that certain context, I mean. Do you think that's true of any industry? Or are we especially bad? We are especially bad, for sure. Yeah. It is true in certain, in, in every industry, but I think the tech industry concentrates, like, the tech industry loves buzzwords. They love them. More than any industry I've ever been a part of, right? Yeah. To the point where everybody regurgitates the same things over and over, and if you don't know what they mean, you're just like, what? A vertical? What? Why are we talking about an NBA draft thing? <laughs> so... For our uh, April Fool's edition of yes. Silicon Slopes, which we should say, you and I have never worked harder on anything <laughs> in our entire lives. We take very little pride in anything we do as humans. Actually, I say that for myself. You might take some pride. You have two young daughters. I do. You have I a do husband. love my children and my family. <laughs> I take no pride in anything I've ever done in my whole life. Except. Except. An April Fool's newsletter that we both worked very hard on. And I think it was I think it was very good. And one <laughs> of the stories I wrote was completely made up of buzzwords. And Correct. it was just buzzwords. It just put you in a hamster wheel and you just ran. That yeah. was basically the concept of the story. Yeah. Buzzword after buzzword and you kind of ended up in the same spot. Which sadly it 
can be a real conversation you have with a lot of tech people. So maybe that's the point. Think about a buzzword before you use it. Here's know also, your audience. Yes. And here's also what I want to say. So let's think about let's think about actual writing. Like right if you're writing a novel, right? Sure. Um people that stand out with really electric prose, they're very unique in the way that they write. The actual I'm I'm blanking on the word, but the actual like subject not the subject matter, but the way that they write it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um why can that same concept not be applied to tech? Like, why are we using the same words over and over and over when you could describe things in a vastly different manner? All sorts of different things. Instead of saying enterprise, you could come up with a different word and people would be blown away. They're like, oh, it's a new thing. When in actuality, it just means enterprise. But is that maybe our responsibility as oh, the writers? No. I take it back. Ooh. I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I think I that's think we, on us. No, for the record, I think we do an okay job of that. Yeah. Actually, I think, well, I don't want to say I'm good at my job because of something, but I do think it <laughs> helps me explain things better not knowing a lot of the tech vocabulary. Yes, I agree. We're able so to, du- we're able to dumb it down us. to our label. <laughs> Did we start we're this podcast amazing. so we could congratulate ourselves yes, on things I mean, do? that was my motivation. Okay, I can't good. speak for you. <laughs> do you want to talk about Weird Utah News? Yes, I do. I would absolutely love to talk about Weird Utah News. Okay, here's the first headline. Okay. Gelled Utah man hopes to prove late Gap founder is his dad. The founder of Gap, the clothing store? The clothing store. This guy is convinced because of his jawline that his dad is the late Gap founder, Ronald Fisher. Nope, sorry. Donald Fisher is the dad. Ronald Fisher is the alleged son. I was going to say, isn't Donald the real founder? Donald's the real founder. (laughs) So apparently he told an undercover FBI agent that he believed Donald is the father and he was trying to claim inheritance. And the FBI is like, I don't think that money belongs to you. Now this guy's in jail, still trying to prove that his father is the late Gap founder. So the sole supporting evidence for his claim is they have the same jawline? And they both lived in the Bay Area. Okay, that's a lot better. Wow. Um, but not, not many people in the Bay Area. Have yeah. The same jawline. Really tiny. How many part. different jawlines are there on Earth? Is there more than five? Also, there's a picture comparing the two, and honestly, their jawlines are not very similar. <laughs> I just saw the picture. I can't describe how not similar They're really their jawlines not very, are. Um, but apparently, this guy's grandma told him stories. <laughs> And they were, like, really vague on the details. Somehow led this guy to believe that his dad is the founder of Gap. That's pretty sweet. I mean, I kind of respect his tenacity here. Wouldn't it be a really heartwarming story if his dad was the founder of Gap? And he went through all this strife and got put in jail. And then it turned, as it turned out, he was owed this huge inheritance. And he came out and just, like, did this victory lap about his jawline. It would be like Anastasia. It'd be like Anastasia if you think about it more and more. I can't wait until that animated video or... Hits blockbuster. I can't wait till next week's podcast when we break down the plot of Anastasia for 30 minutes. Me either. That's going to be so fun. Our producer who's sitting in here with us is really looking forward to that. (laughs) Are you ready for the next story? I can't describe how ready I am. Okay. Today wasn't my day, said cop arrested with 200 pounds of pot. Oh, sad. It was not his day. Tooele, Utah. Tooele. Okay. A former officer. Former officer of the law. Charged Pulled with upholding over. the peace. What'd they find in his car? 200 pounds of weed from what I hear. 200 pounds? 
That's a lot. That's like a really hefty person sitting in your car weighing it down, but it's just weed. Do you know what he said? He said, <laughs> I was going to make a guess, but I just shouldn't. Go ahead. Sometimes it's worth the risk. You know, that's actually a pretty good statement on his part. <laughs> I really do mean that. Okay. 200 Explain. pounds of weed. So let's say he's not a shady looking dude, so they can't pull him over for just like looking like he's high, right? Yeah. And he has to drive it from Utah to who knows where. Or I'm assuming get up from California, he's going somewhere else, right? Okay. It is worth the risk in the in um, respect that it, if he gets back to where he's going, that's a lot of money. 200 pounds of weed is a lot of money that he just made. The well, downside is yeah. if you get busted, then you just feel bad and you have to go to jail for a long time for weed, which is the worst thing to go to jail for. I mean, I guess it depends on worse. You don't I mean, <laughs> like, murder No, no, no. Is I'm saying it's the worst. Bad. It's the, not to get too political, but it's a crime that oh, doesn't. No. Trigger it, alert. It's the crime. It's one of the crimes that won't necessarily fit the sentence, you know? When you murder somebody and go to jail for 50 years, you're like, yeah, I deserve to go there. I just yeah. murdered somebody. When you transport 200 pounds of weed around and go to jail for 30 years, you just don't feel like you committed that big of a crime. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I get it. Or maybe you're very mad at people transporting large amounts of weed. I'm not. I mean, I like Jay-Z. What's <laughs> pretty good. What's the largest amount of weed you would ever agree to transport? Uh, zero. <laughs> good answer. Zero amount. Because this could have been used against you in a court of law it later could on. Have. When you I get am, busted with 200 pounds in a minivan. I am not an idiot. What so. if you had a minivan in your family in it? So nobody... I would, first of all, I'd never have a minivan. <laughs> so... <laughs> End that's, of the hypothetical, real, that's the real right crime, there. folks. All minivan owners. I will never drive a minivan and I will never fill it with weed. Oh, no. Oh, no. Our producer just told us he drives a minivan and now we all have sobered up and feel so sad about the world. We make friends everywhere we go is really what's happening. Shout out to all minivan owners, including my mom, who I love very much. Oh, that's tender. Happy Mother's Day. Happy, really. happy Mother's Day, Chris's mom. A month ago. Um... It's an important detail in the story that we should talk about. Okay. The former police officer was actually a police officer in Georgia. It's the good men in blue in Utah who caught him. Oh. He just happened to be in Utah. Are there police rivalries from state to state? I hope so. That is pretty cool. How do you think Utah adds up? Mm, everybody's probably really afraid of our church basketball teams. Oh, well, for good reason. <laughs> I know. We have an incredible league. You know how whenever you watch movies... Policemen and firefighters are always battling against one another, and they have these huge rivalries, but it's usually within the same town. I've never seen a movie like that, but I believe you. <laughs> In my mind, it's the exact same when you go from state to state, mm. police-wise. Mm. Like Utah's police officers just can't wait to play Colorado's officers in a game of ball, drop them into submission. I've seen a number of movies where, like, the the local police force is mad that the FBI is coming in and stepping on their yeah. turf. But I don't know that I've seen state-to-state -state police rivalries. Because, <laughs> like, would they ever interact? Only when they're pulling each other over for transporting 200 pounds of yeah. weed from, across okay. their state. Okay, do you think the Georgia police officers are like, let it go, man. Like, he's a good guy. That's a better question. You know how police officers always hook one another up? Like you bust one of them speeding and they're like, hey, you know, I'm a police officer over Wait, here. Is that a what, thing? Yeah. What's the lowest level of crime that they won't forgive? Hmm. That's something that we need to look into. Let's let's drop everything else we have going on and investigate this until if we I have was an a, answer. If I was a police officer from Utah and I drove 
in California and I crumpled up a bag, an empty bag of Wendy's and threw it out my window right in front of a cop and he pulled me over, would he actually give me a ticket for it? Hmm. I don't think he would. It's like if a tree fell in the woods. It really is if you think about it. Didn't like Nietzsche talk about this at one point? He wrote. I'm pretty sure he wrote about this very conundrum. Police officer against police officer. Can I tell you a story? Absolutely. So I was at an intersection in Salt Lake. I was late somewhere and the light was like yellow. I was like, I can do it. I can do it. And then like as soon as I hit the line of the intersection, it turned red. And right in front of a police officer, Uh, I ran a red light. He did nothing. He didn't even like attempt to pull me over. And I was like, maybe he's just having a long day at work. My guess is he didn't want to go chase after the minivan that just blew through. It was not not a minivan. (sighs) Let's read some tweets. Yes. Here's Chris's tweet. That he Wait, tweeted. this is called Explain That Tweet. Oh, it you is? Gotta, yeah. Now, it's... on to our next segment called Explain That Tweet. Chris tweeted, I told at Meg Morley, that's me, I would be better at Twitter and I've never lied in my life. And then you went a whole week without tweeting anything. <laughs> so explain why you lied <laughs> to the good people on Twitter.com. Uh, it's pretty funny if you think about it. I knew that it was going to be a lie at some point. I just didn't expect it to be a lie immediately. It after was an I immediate lie. It was an immediate lie. I couldn't. I've actually been better at Twitter almost every week of my existence compared to last week. Last week was a train wreck. You I barely did. retweeted anything because I'm sad about LeBron losing the finals. Oh, well, are you okay? Yeah, we can talk about that another time. Okay. I didn't have any other original tweets. I don't think you did have one. You posted. Oh, these are the worst kinds of tweets too. You posted. A photo of a television screen (laughs) of you watching golf. That's good. That's some good stuff. That's high quality Is that the content people come to Twitter to find? If anybody's looking for a high class marketer, you know where to find me. (laughs) At at Chris Roth is where you can find him. (laughs) That's kind of my next next job segue. Great. I wish wish you luck in that endeavor. (laughs) Um, On air, I want to say I apologize for lying to you via Twitter. I'm going to tweet you again today. Promising to do better next time and promising also that I won't be lying. Okay. Because you can't lie twice in a row. You can only lie once. Yeah. If Donald Trump has shown us anything. (laughs) Don't get political. People won't listen. All right. Sorry. We wrote a political thing once and we got lots of angry tweets. (laughs) Lots and lots of angry tweets. Um, Anytime Warren Hatch tweets tagging us, we also get a lot of angry tweets. So. Yeah, that's Once you true. dip into politics these days, really mm. any day, but especially in 2017. Now, it's, nowadays. It's kind of a boiling pot. Kind of. People have some opinions. People have opinions on politics. Anyway. Who knew? Hot take of the day. Hot take. Do you want to read one of my tweets? Yes. Or did I, I not have any good ones? I have a tweet that I want you to explain. All right. I'm ready. Here's what it says. This is in quotation marks. Mom, I just want to watch you sleep forever. End quote. Ivy. That's your daughter. Yeah. And then you say... I'm so scared. Yeah. Well, what's to explain? So you're either your daughter's plotting your murder. Sure. Or she's super, super into you sleeping. The second one's actually much more alarming than the first. Yeah. I know. I don't know which options work. Yeah. Ivy's five. And just completely out of context yesterday, she said, Mom, I just want to watch you sleep forever. Did she explain what she meant? Um, No. And I was too afraid to ask. Kids are freaking nuts and creepy. They're terrifying. So can I tell you a very creepy story about me as a child? Yes. And let me preface this by saying I promise you I've never murdered and hid anybody's in my basement in my entire life. 
I'm not so I'm sure not a if I believe killer, you, but okay. This story paints a dark, dark picture of young Chris Roll. Great. When I'm like four years old, apparently I couldn't go to sleep unless my my mom was next to me and I was holding onto her throat, grasping what? like I was choking. What? That's a true story. What? Why? Why would she let you do that? My mom didn't tell me this until like two years what? ago, and I've never been more rattled. <laughs> You don't remember, like, grabbing her throat? No, I was four years old. Four? You remember Appar- stuff at four? No, I don't remember anything until I was, like, 15. <laughs> <laughs> and no, 200 pounds of weed was not involved in my pre-15 years old. But was a minivan. Minivan was very involved. Damage. I drove around with it. Okay. No, my mom, I don't know. I don't know why she brought this up. I can't remember what sparked the conversation. But she's like, oh, yeah, it's like when you were little, you always used to sleep and you couldn't go to bed unless... <laughs> you had your hand wrapped around my throat. That is terrifying. That is terrifying. I'm the man who was choking my own mom, and I felt so bad. But I don't understand why she let you do that. She, I don't know, because she's the nicest mom ever. Yeah, but like at some point you draw a line. I feel like <laughs> strangulation is where I draw the line. Where oh, I'd rather my mom not. has a much higher threshold for like, what she'll do for her she's, kids. She's a better mom. She than is. I am. That's why I said Happy Mother's Day earlier. She's a great mom. She Kids. let me choke her when I was four years old so I could sleep. You know what? Happy Mother's Day again, Chris's mom. You were an outstanding mother. <laughs> anyway, if you want more excellent content, follow at Chris Rawl. On Twitter.com. Yes, ma'am. And at Meg Morley at Twitter.com. If you want content that's actually related to the organization for which we work, follow at Silicon Slopes on the Twitter, the Facebook, Instagram. Are we on LinkedIn? We are on LinkedIn, but I do very little with it. LinkedIn scares me. I mainly use LinkedIn once every two years. What do you think happens if you post like a BuzzFeed article on LinkedIn? Do they kick you out? Yeah, everybody freaks out and they just jump in your comments and make fun of you. It's the equivalent of driving a minivan in 2017. (laughs) Anyway, until then. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I also want to say I'm glad that we've gotten to do a second episode of this. We'll see Who how knew? long. We'll see how long this lasts. One was too many, and now that we've arrived at two, it's really just someone. Someone's gonna listen, and they're so gonna be like, far beyond is, my hopes and dreams. This is not so acceptable. <laughs> Until then, we'll be back next week. Peace. Have a great day.